right? We have an exercise called know it, do it, own it. Everybody knows what to do, right? We all know the mental game is important. We all know physical training is important. We all know the weight room is really important for both mental and physical toughness. Um, most of us do it when coach is watching. Like if I went to your practice and you guys had your teams rolling around, like most of them would be doing the right things. But if you guys removed yourself, how many of us would own it? And that's what championship teams do. If you guys weren't there at practice and you said, hey guys, you got three hours to run this practice. Here's the practice plan. Go execute it. And they did it. That's a team that owns it. Right. Welcome back to the baseball playground. This is your host, Jacob Odell. Coach Matt McGowan. And today we have a round of applause for Austin Byler, who is the CEO and founder of Major League University and is just inspiring a whole bunch of kids, lots of coaches, lots of parents all around the nation and probably the world too. So Austin, welcome to the show, brother. Fellas, thank you for having me on. It's a blessing. I'm pumped up. I'm just more intrigued with your studio setup because I'm lacking on my end of things. So we need a coaching call after this 30 minute sesh. I'll pay you. Just give me the lowdown on how to do what you're doing. <laughs> you got it. You got Absolutely. It. Um, Austin, give us a little little background about yourself for for those followers that maybe don't know you or don't know what you're doing. Um, yeah, tell us tell us how you got here. Yeah, so uh, it all started really in, in college baseball. I played at the University of Nevada, Reno. Uh, really, just happens chance a, a coach saw me at a, a tournament in Southern California. I'm from Arizona, but we were playing over there in, in SoCal for a high school tournament and had a good game. And thankfully, Coach Fatenhauer was there. He decided to um, bring me up on a visit and. It was towards the end of my spring season, about May 26th. We just lost the state championship game, uh, and then I went on a recruiting trip to Nevada. got to watch him play and decided to commit and sign there uh, to pursue my next four years. And um, went there for a few years, uh, well, all four there, 2011 to 15. Had the opportunity to get drafted a couple times, uh, junior year by the Nationals, and then decided to go back to school senior year by the Diamondbacks, hometown team, big-time blessing. I was super excited about it. Played about three and a half years of professional baseball. Uh, went through some ups and downs, which I'm sure we'll, we'll probably dive into. But um, through those ups and downs and those the adversities that I was facing, both mentally and physically, decided to start Major League University in 2018, which was all founded on um, bringing just highlighting mental health and athletics. I think it was a big piece for baseball specifically, but just teaching athletes that there are better ways to go about it versus um, drinking, smoking, drugs, alcohol, all the other things that you see in the world today, and just providing a positive outlet for for students and athletes and coaches to be their best self. So found a major league university at 18. We've been going for about five years now, which is pretty crazy. And the last three years really is probably where we've we've kicked into to high gear and, and really streamlined what our vision is and our mission is and helping student athletes become the best version of themselves. I love everything you do. As a, as a high school head coach right now, um, you know, we really stress the mental part of the game and, and understanding yourself, understanding that you're going to fail and you know we we send a lot of videos and and share a lot of your stuff and i think it's it's stuff that people need to understand i think parents need to understand this is not an easy sport you know and and you're gonna your son's gonna fail or your daughter's gonna fail and and how do you you know keep them mentally motivated and mentally uh you know into the day-to-day is is key so thank you again and and uh i think this is going to be Probably going to be my favorite episode. I'm just saying it right now. So I'm, I'm super excited. I have a ton of questions for you. Um, what do you think the biggest struggle mentally players deal with? Is it failure? I, I think part of it's failure. I think the bigger concept is confidence. And I see it at all levels, man. You're, you're a high school head coach. You see it firsthand with your athletes and program. I see it in the collegiate levels with teams we work with, and I see it at the professional level with athletes that we work with individually. And 
to know that somebody has been at the very highest level and has been a first rounder and paid a lot of money to do what they do and they still don't feel confident in what they can bring to the table to some people might sound ridiculous and, and fake, but to me it, it makes so much sense because um, everywhere you go, of course, baseball keeps getting better, whatever sports you decide to play. But the number one thing we see with, with athletes today is confidence, right? Lacking in the confidence and belief. And I believe that it comes from a few things. Uh, number one, the fear of failure. That's a big piece. A lot of athletes fear failure, whether it's they don't want to have that conversation with their coach or what's coach going to think about me. If you're in professional baseball, what's the organization thinking about me? And um, we all know that you can do pretty good and still give her least pretty quickly in, in professional baseball. And um, that's a big piece, fear of failure. Maybe it's the, the car ride home with my parents or what my parents are going to think of me because some athletes we know deal with a lot of things at home and maybe don't have the best lives there. And so that's number one. The other one is the fear of comparison. And with social media today, it can be used for a lot of good and a lot of blessings and to get you to the next level in your career and showcase your abilities and your skill sets and who you are as a person, which is a beautiful thing. But it can also be used to compare yourself to everybody else in the world. And I cannot tell you how many times I'll talk to athletes as young as 12, 13, 14 who are on Instagram or TikTok and they see the 13-year-old phenom in the Dominican Republic. Or they see the San Diego kid who should be at Arizona State University as a, a, six, as a 16-year-old, right? And um, they see these phenoms and all these highlight reels of other people's lives and they forget that they're running their own race, their own journey, and their own path. And so that's really important. So I think confidence is the number one thing we see with athletes. And to me, it stems from those two, fear of comparison, fear of failure, what other people might think about me. Yeah, there's a lot of variables that go into how people are acting, especially at the young age. You know, everybody's trying to figure things out. Like, I know I didn't have things figured out when I was younger, and I'm sure Matt didn't either, and neither did you. So there's this huge learning curve to just life itself. Now, I watched a, a show with you on it, and there was one key thing that you had talked about, which was the identity shift and talking to players and coaches and, you know, even just major leaguers, right? And having that identity shift of who they were in the past and where they see themselves in the future. So run me through the identity shift that a lot of people go through. And it's so powerful. And you guys, uh, I'm sure have dealt with it as well. And I think for a lot of people in our world, man, it's not just athletes, it's human beings. It's, it's these athletes' parents as well, right? And we identify mm-hmm. ourselves as I'm the CEO, I'm the manager of this business. I'm the this, the that, the this, uh, or I'm the baseball player. And when somebody asks you, who are you? Hey, Johnny, who are you? Well, I'm a baseball player for Sunrise Mountain High School, and that's who I am. I'm a third baseman. I hit three. I do this. Like, cool. Those are all your like things of what you do, but who are you as a person? What are your values? What Where's your mindset at? How do you treat people? How do you show up in the world? And there's so much more to our lives than just the sport or the job that we hold. And it's how are we going to make that impact? And sports provide an awesome opportunity for coaches and players to make a positive impact on other people's lives and to shape them forever. And that's why I have so much respect for high school, college, and club and volunteer coaches because- you have a massive uh, moment to make impacts in these people's lives and make a positive impression. And so uh, we do a little exercise with teams and what is called this pieces of me and what we'll do, we'll have you kind of put a, a bunch of different circles on a piece of paper. And in the very middle is is your baseball player, right? Or softball player, football player, whatever the athlete or sport that you're doing is. And then that's number one. And most people stop there, right? Most athletes are like, yep, that's what I do. I'm a football guy. I'm a baseball player. I'm a, I'm a volleyball girl. And then we have them put all these other circles. Hey, are you a brother or sister? Are you a friend to somebody? Are, um, are you a mentor maybe to somebody? Like, are you a good student in the classroom? Right? There's so, what do you like to do? Hunting, fishing, traveling, snowboarding, skiing. What do you like to do outside of this sport that brings you joy and happiness? If we find all of our happiness and fulfillment through what we do in the sport, we'll never be happy. 
will never be fulfilled. There's always going to be this void in our heart that's always tugging at us and pulling at us. And so I encourage athletes, man, do more of what you love. Now, if you're a baseball player and it's winter break and you go snowboarding, probably not the best idea getting into spring, right? You got to have some feel and some ideas. And as a coach, Matt, you're probably like, don't do it, right? Don't do it. So we see it in the West Coast at least a lot. And um, for me, man, every, every year, <laughs> dude, I work with a kid the other day and I'm like, why haven't you been playing this spring? You're a junior. You're pretty good. Like, what happened? He's like, ah, I sprained my shoulder snowboarding over winter break. and I haven't played all year. I'm like, there you go. No wonder our coaches told us don't do it. But um, for me, man, it's just really just helping athletes understand that you are so much more than the sport that you play. And for coaches, too, you're so much more than the, the sport that you coach and what you do and the wins and losses. You are, are literally a massive part of these kids' lives and what they do in their future. And, and the, the way that you handle your business is usually what they're going to do because they're watching every move that um, our coaches and athletes are doing. Yeah, I don't know if you've read the book, uh, start with why by Simon yes. Sinek. Yes. Uh, and like, that was exactly what I envisioned when you were explaining that of, you know, starting with your why. Of, you know, you have your first sphere, which is, you know, figuring out why you are even doing the things that you are doing and getting you to the next level, getting you to the connections, getting you to the next point in your life and just expanding from there. So I'm super happy you brought that up. I, I think that, you know, starting with your why is super important, you know? What do you what do you think um, kids can do daily to Im improve their confidence and improve their mental health? What a great question. So a few of the things that we teach a lot of, of our athletes and teams, and this is where if you do it, you can find success, but you got to know who you are. Right? I'm a big believer that like there is no cookie cutter way. Like What I do might not work for you guys. What you guys do might not work for some of your players and vice versa, right? But um, you got to find out what works for you, number one. Uh, the things that we like to teach a lot of our athletes is a lot of meditation and visualization. And I'll teach them in a couple different ways. There's the typical meditation where you kind of just gain awareness and you're just watching your thoughts pass by. I love the idea of, I heard it from this yogi I don't even know who it was, but it just made sense to me. It's like, imagine the busiest freeway that you're sitting on the side of the road in a lawn chair, watching the busiest freeway that you have in your town. So for me in Phoenix, we have a bunch of different freeways. So I'm sitting there watching it and all the cars driving by are simply just thoughts in your head. Right? This is like a analogy for you doing your meditation. Some look sexy, the sweet new Range Rover or Tesla or things that you want to drive in. Others are like the beat up old Ford driving down the road, barely getting down the road. But you see all these different cars or thoughts in your head and you can either grab onto them and roll with them or you can just simply sit there and watch them pass by as, pass by as they come in and then leave your mind. And so that was a big piece that I love just to help our athletes. But meditation has been huge. And uh, I've seen a big impact in a lot of these athletes and just the way that they approach their day to day. Right, such a simple thing, but if you just commit two, three, four, five minutes a day to just simply breathing, visualizing success, seeing yourself going through a game, maybe what pitches you might get or how you're going to operate on the mound or making plays in the field or even better yet, overcoming adversity in a game. Uh, some athletes will say, coach, I'm doing it, but I see myself striking out. I'm like, great. See yourself overcoming the strikeout. And how do you pursue after that strikeout or after you give up a hit or whatever it might be and, and start taking control of your mind? So that's one big time kind of mental shift that we help our athletes with. The other ones are performance journaling. And I, and I label it performance journaling because a lot of young males are like, journal, what the heck? I ain't doing that. But for me, it's simply just put your thoughts on paper, man. Like get them out of your head. They're only going to discombobulate how you're thinking and cloud your mind. Let's put them on paper so it gets out of our head, out of our way. And now we can process through them. It's amazing that if I could just see what I'm thinking, I realize that it's really not that big of a deal. Like that, that one thing I'm worrying about isn't going to change be life or death, right? Like a lot of other people deal with. So 
some performance journaling, daily gratitude affirmations. And that's where it works for certain people. It doesn't work for others. I have certain athletes who love it and they buy into it and they're all about it. I have other athletes who are like, dude, I can't do that. Like, I just don't do it. I'm like, cool, let's try something different. Um, the other one that I love, and I started doing this as a player and it just changed my, my mental toughness because of a couple of reasons I'll explain, but cold showers or cold plunges. Now, living in Phoenix, Arizona, sometimes that cold water doesn't always stay on after about right now, this month. Uh, so going into May, uh, I probably won't have too many cold showers. We'll just have to ice bath it and roll with that. But to me, that doing something challenging in the morning. For someone, it could be getting up, going on a walk. It could be not snoozing when you wake up. It could be getting in water before you leave for the day. It could be getting in a meal for a lot of our athletes who just choose not to eat in the morning. But something that is somewhat challenging in the morning so that the hardest thing you did was first thing in the morning. And for me, when I sit there after I wake up, turn my alarm off, and I go stand in front of the cold shower, I don't want to get in there. There's not one day where I'm like, yes, cold shower, let's freaking go. But once that water hits my face and it kind of electrifies my system, um, it forces me to control my breath. And when I'm controlling my breath in a, a, a difficult environment that I chose to step into, I'm taking power of my own mind, right? I'm controlling when my mind starts. I'm saying, hey, now it's time to go. Right. And so that's an important piece for a lot of athletes. And maybe you don't get it through the cold shower. Right. But it could simply just be putting water on your, your little desk and drinking water when you first wake up to get it in your system. It could be doing 20 push ups and challenge yourself and keep going up by five every week. I don't know what it is, but something challenging first thing in the morning to just kickstart your day, give you some confidence. And you'll see this difference throughout your day. And I'm a big believer that we can't control what happens throughout the middle of a day. You can't control what happens in school, on the baseball field, those types of things all the time. But we can control our morning and we can control, control our night. And so if we control those two parts of our day, we're taking authority of our lives. And so that's what we like to teach our athletes and coaches even too is like, let's just take control of our life a little bit more, right? And your choices are important and um, your decisions are way ahead of your future success and failures. I think that is absolutely great stuff. You're absolutely right. You know, get a task on, make your bed. How many kids make their bed anymore? You know, it, it's it's interesting to to hear, you know, these kids, oh yeah, I just roll out of bed and go. It's like, you didn't make your bed. You didn't, you know, you didn't finish your first task of the day um, because after that, everything gets a little easier. Um, what advice would you give parents when they see their kids struggling or they see their kid not having confidence? What advice would you give them to say, hey, listen, like instead of maybe getting being hard on them we should do this oh that's great uh i mean f for a lot of kids like and i was actually having this conversation yesterday because we do some camps in, in some small town places where uh just a little different right it's just different how people talk to each other and so uh some people like to go the way of like i'm just gonna beat my kid down until they finally become tough well i'm not a big believer in that i don't think it works and i had it firsthand and it didn't work for me so I just don't teach it that way. Uh, so I think for parents, when your kids are struggling, son or daughter, whatever it might, whatever they might be going through on or off the field, uh, is just loving and encouraging them. You can never go wrong by loving and encouraging them. Now, it sounds so simple, but it's true, right? That, that love and that encouragement that you give to your, your son or daughter and just asking them like questions like, hey, how are you doing? Like, what's going on? How can I help you? Like, do we need to get extra help? Like, do we need to have a mentor or a therapist or whatever else it might be? to help you on your journey. That's totally okay. And so I think normalizing that is huge. Um, and staying away from the statistics, right? And, and what that that performance was on the field. You, we don't need coach at home too, right? You got enough coaching in your day. Like we don't need you to coach them on the way, on the ride home and then coach them at home while they're going to bed. And now this kid's just getting beat down and burnt out. And that's why so many kids stop playing after 12 or 13 years old. They just get burnt out, right? I saw something the other day. It's like, um, kids don't quit. Uh, it's like, 
kids quit coaches, not the game. It's like all these coaches who make it really intense and, and just way too glorified for these kids, man, and just puts them in really stressful situations. So I think as a parent, um, just helping love on them, right? Encourage them, get them the right help, surround them with mentors because they're not going to listen to you all the time as a parent. It's just how it is. Uh, we've all been there. So surround them with people who you think are going to reinforce your message, right? A positive message, a loving message, an encouraging message. People are going to keep them motivated. We're going to have some constructive criticism, but do it in the right way, right? Instead of beating kids down, yelling at kids and telling them they suck all the time. Uh, it's like, hey, man, like you might not be where you're at right now, but let's keep working on a couple of things and find some positives throughout our day that we can keep rolling on and keep improving. We had a conversation with one of the players for with Paul Skeens, actually, <laughs> he was telling us a story about how coaches look for certain attributes of players on the field, right? Whether you're at a showcase in a game or anything else, they look for something that's you know, a swag, a different persona, you playing to your personality. That was something that, you know, Paul really, really harped on, on our show. What would you say to kids that don't know what their personality on the baseball field is versus what they are dealing with at home? Oh, that's a great question. You guys are on it, man. So, uh, I don't, I don't even know right, where to start on that one, but, um, for, for the first thing, the simplest way is be you right. And, and whatever you is like, be the best version of you. If you're a quiet kid and you're very introverted and that's just who you are, like, then that's your personality. That's who you are. That's great. Like be the silent assassin on that field where nobody can tell what's going on or right? very mentally tough, like a Derek Jeter-esque mentality. Uh, maybe you're the more flamboyant, like kind of got some sauce and some swagger and you like to show it a little bit, like, Let's show it, but be controlled, right? Be your best version of that. I think for a lot of coaches, when they go to these showcase events or they go watch a kid in a high school game, like they're more intrigued with how you handle failure and how you handle the adversity and how you handle a bad call, how you handle coach maybe pulling you or moving you or how are you treating your teammates in the dugout or how are you introducing yourself? And I always encourage kids, if you're going to a showcase, go introduce yourself to every single coach that's there. Like, I'm going to remember you as a coach if you come up and say, hey, my name's Austin Byler. I'm a first baseman for Sunrise Mount High School in Phoenix, Arizona. Great. Like, I know that kid now. Like, I, if you came up to me, you introduced yourself. There's 75 to 150 kids. But that one person out of all those kids came up and introduced yourself. That's a way that you can stand out for coaches to see you, right, and just to know who you are as a person. So um, Jay Johnson, he was one of my old coaches, so it's pretty ironic that you mentioned Paul Skeens. And um, when he was at Nevada for those two years, I'll never forget it. It was our junior year. And um, the only reason I went back to school was really because of him. Like he was just the best coach I've ever played for. That dude, I could talk for hours on him. But what he said that never left my mind was, I'm recruiting my family. If you're not a fit for my family, I'm not going to recruit you. I've got to spend 12 months pretty much with you this whole year for the next three to four years. I'm not going to recruit someone into my family that I don't want in my family. It's like, so what do you, by what characteristics, what traits do you possess that are going to make you a good fit for our family? High character, good work ethic, someone I don't have to worry about, right? Good in the classroom, whatever else it might be. So um, I would say for athletes that don't know who they are yet, right? That's a self-discovery journey that you're going to find out. But at the end of the day, if you don't know what to do, just be yourself. The worst thing you can do is try and be somebody else, right? Don't try to be Fernando Tatis on the field if you are not Fernando Tatis, right? If you're like a, a Pete Alonso or somebody else, right? So um, that's really important. How I'm a head coach of a high school program, and you know we we we've had success. We we won a CIF championship last year. We we came in third in the state in our division, and and had a really you know great run. And I think myself setting an expectation for the program as a high expectation, like that's what we want to do every year. 
and I think sometimes I put a little more pressure than I probably should on some of the players. I'm sure a lot, and I see that a lot of the time with a lot of coaches that we coach against or we play against just because there, there is a lot of pressure. What can I do better as a coach to maybe help those kids that have a little performance anxiety or, um, you know, are having trouble, you know, playing at that, at that high level? Yeah. Well, you're doing the right thing by setting expectations and standards. Uh, I think a program with standards is a program that wins, right? That's a program that excels, and um, your culture is by design. Right? There's a reason why you guys are successful. It's because you've set expectations, and we're going to hold you to those standards. I think that's really, really important, especially as an athlete. I want to know what I'm getting into. Too many programs are, like, just floundering. I don't know what the right thing or wrong thing to do. So um, the other thing for you is, like, just being yourself, and I'm sure this is who you are in general, just from what I can read from 30 minutes of being on this, this call with you guys, but um, just being you. Right. If you're you and yourself every single day and we all go through things, coaches do, players do. And so I know there's days where you might take some things to the field and those things are going to happen. But at the end of the day, if you are you more consistently than not, they're going to see that you're consistent. Right. So if the coach is consistent, the players are consistent and especially with the staff, right, knowing what they can get out of you. Um, I think for the players who maybe have that performance anxiety or nervous to, to fail and those things, and you can say it all you want as a coach, like, hey, man, I'm going to be here for you. And those things are really important. But just having those one-on-one personal relationships and building those relationships with your players matters because now that kid looks to you as, and this isn't just my coach, this is a mentor, this is somebody that I'll remember for the rest of my life. And a lot of us, the most important and impactful person in our lives was our high school coaches. Like we learned so much from those people because we spent three or four years with them, probably played some club ball stuff, and um, at least we've been fighting for a championship and go through a really memorable experience if we make it that way. So I think for you, Coach, is just continuing to be who you are, number one. Number two, keep setting those standards and expectations of excellence for your program because your players will rise to that. I guarantee you're already seeing that. Um, you do a great job of that. And then just continuing to get to know your players. And if you have some of those people, I think the one-on-one combos is better than like group sessions sometimes. Like maybe a group session to make an example of what you're trying to get across to everybody and how much you love and care for them. But same thing with Coach Johnson, man. It's like that dude just loves his players. Like he was, will do anything for his players. And when you see that as a player, and you might not, you might just do it through your actions, right? You might not even say a word to the kids. They'll do anything for you. And part of that might mean that they want to succeed so bad for you and for the program and their teammates that it sometimes hurts them and hinders their performance. And in those moments, that's where you can encourage them to say, hey, man, we've been through this before. You know what to do, right? You've, you've been preparing for this situation your whole life. Go be you. Go have fun. Play this game. It's a kid's game. Enjoy this moment. I'm here for you, whether you fail or succeed. Obviously, we want to win and be the best that we can be, but I'm going to be here for you guys regardless of what that, that outcome is because I love you and I genuinely care about you as people. So um, I just, I'm a firm believer of putting the person before the player. And when you do that, the player seems to rise. And I guarantee like you could put some of these coaches who have had a lot of success in certain sports into a sport that they have no clue what to do and they'll still win because of the standards, the, the, the habits that they have and how they treat their players. You're exactly right. And I think, you know, we see that just by the team that we coach hey. and the different personalities, the different kinds of kids that are on the team and how you kind of have to tailor the coaching aspect to each individual kid huh. rather than a one size fits all or a cookie cutter approach. Like you said, Best. like each kid is completely different. And as a coach, you kind of have to navigate that and figure out all right, how do I approach this kid? Do I talk to the kid one-on-one or do I talk to him with the teammates around? Like, how is he going to respond? How does he even act? And how can I effectively get through to this kid to make sure that he is listening to me rather than us talking at the end of a game in a huddle 
and everybody's like this, I just want to go home and looking around. So there's so many different aspects to actually, you know, talking about that with the anxiety and performance and all of that stuff. I think you're absolutely right. I think, you know, and I think as a coach, you have to know what kids you can get in their ass, yeah, you know, and, and what kids need a hug. And, yes. and I think that is, that's, that's key. Um, and I think that's also as a parent, we, we need to know that, yeah. you know, sometimes you need to get in your kid's butt and, and, and <laughs> make sure that, Hey, listen, what you did today was not right. But there's other days where, you know, I'm sure the kid knows what he did was maybe not right. Mm-hmm. Let's just give him a big hug. Let's go get an ice cream and, and have a good time. Yes. Um, yes. My, my other question is with your, with your experience playing pro baseball, your experience doing this for the last five years, What's the best advice you would give a young baseball player? Man, um, I would say for, well, there's a couple of things, and they all kind of go together. But number one, ignore the noise. And that's especially for the younger kids as they get into high school. And then they go and hopefully, I'm, I'm assuming, if they want to get there, they're going to do everything they can to get there to the collegiate level. And so if you're a young, uh, even youth or high school baseball player, softball, whoever, is ignoring the noise of social media, distractions, the things around us that are never going to serve us or prepare us. Now, it's so much easier when you're out of it and you remove yourself from the game versus when you're in it. I try to put myself back in like high school shoes. Like, what was I thinking? What was I doing? What did I think of my coaches or college coaches? And I always thought of coach as like this mystical creature. And then the college coaches is like even more mystical creature. I'm like, man, these guys have to have it all figured out. And at the end of the day, they don't, right? A lot of these college coaches have no clue what they're doing, right? And it's like a different environment. So for us as, as, as athletes, we've got to ignore the noise of what other people might think. Number two is running your race. And what I mean by running your race is do what you believe is going to help you get to the next level, right? And so maybe it's surrounding yourself with good mentors. Some people have financial capabilities to help do that. Others maybe don't, right? And they just have different financial standards and things that are going on at home where they don't have as much access or resources. And so at the end of the day, we all got some sort of social media and YouTube and things to go find stuff to get better on. And there's plenty of awesome resources out there that are available to all of us but who's going to go do it on their own, right? We have an exercise called know it, do it, own it. Everybody knows what to do, right? We all know the mental game is important. We all know physical training is important. We all know the weight room is really important for both mental and physical toughness. Um, most of us do it when coach is watching. Like if I went to your practice and you guys had your teams rolling around, like most of them would be doing the right things. But if you guys removed yourself, how many of us would own it? And that's what championship teams do. If you guys weren't there at practice and you said, hey guys, you got three hours to run this practice. Here's the practice plan. Go execute it. And they did it that's a team that owns it, right? And I I believe very few teams and individuals do that nowadays is owning their career because we have so much resources that it almost clouds our mind and and we feel like we're not, uh, that we're one step behind everywhere we go for a lot of athletes. So the the easiest thing would be, dude, you're not going to delete social media and and no athlete's probably going to delete social media, right? It's a very rare person. But let's limit our time on that, right? Let's limit our time on TikTok, on Instagram, on Twitter, because all we see is a bunch of retweets of people who seem like they're having a lot of success, but you missed the game on Tuesday where they were 0 for 4 with three Ks and made two errors in the field, right? So I think for us, man, as an athlete, it's like ignore that noise, stay in your lane, uh, keep your head down, keep working, and, and keep your ears and eyes open, right? Go to um, opportunities that you feel are going to provide opportunities for you to be the best that you can, whether that's a camp, a clinic, um, coaches that you have, right? Asking them a lot of questions and, and always be quick to ask questions. I think there's no stupid question. The more questions you ask, the more you learn, the better you get. And ask that with teammates too, right? You can learn from your teammates. You can learn from others because I'm assuming a lot of people, especially in the CIF, are going to be playing with some pretty good teammates, right? There's a lot of talent in, the, in that division. So um, 
that's that at least for me would be the biggest piece. And then remember why you started in the first place, right? You never picked up a baseball or a bat or a glove, threw it, hit it, did it pretty good and said, this game sucks. I'm going to do it for the rest of my life, right? Like nobody ever did that. You're crazy if you did. And so for you, man, remember that purpose in the beginning, like T-ball was or Little League was, how fun it was. There was no stress, pressure, expectation to get to the next level. It was just you playing a game that you absolutely love because you love playing the game, right? That brought you joy and peace and happiness for a certain reason. Do not forget that. It's so easy to forget it, especially in the middle or end of a season like we're kind of going into right now for the high school year. Yeah, you. you I love to own it because that's that's a huge aspect to just owning it and being yourself on the field. Like we had Rock Ruggio on the show. And one of the key things that I, I remember from Rock was he was talking about whether he was ranked 150 in the in the country versus being ranked number one. He's just played his game. He didn't listen to the noise. Of course, like the pressure would get to him a little bit, you know, when you have 30 scouts that are at a game to watch you and everything. But for a lot of these kids, they don't even have that kind of pressure. Like the pressure is just mom and dad in the stands, yeah. maybe just mom in the stands, right? And to that note is like a lot of these players have to realize that you just have to go out there, play the game that you love and enjoy the moment that you have because you're out there with your, with your buddies, with your boys, you know, you're all just hanging out and fielding ground balls, hitting a baseball and just enjoying life. So there's just that little like switch in a lot of people's minds where they just have to own it. And I, I think that's a great point that you brought up. Yeah. A lot of self-induced pressure yes. um, that doesn't need to be there. You know, play the game, love it. And especially for the public school kids. Wow. You know, a lot of these kids grew up with each other. Yeah. So, you know, you're playing with kids that you've grown up with your whole life. I mean, you know, if you guys all work together, it's probably going to pan out to be a pretty good year. Yes. Love that. So my other question is parents. Parents are huge influences, obviously, in every player's development and, and career. What advice would you give a parent um, – for those kids that that maybe need that extra push yeah i think get them in the right environments that it's we are all products of our environments if we're surrounded with the right people we're going to continue to grow and so uh, as a parent one i know sometimes there's not enough time in the day it feels like there's a lot of people i'm the oldest of six so i saw it firsthand with our family where uh, it just got chaotic right we said we're going in so many different directions but what my parents always did that i'll never never forget and always be grateful for is that they always provided opportunities for me right? They, they would do their best. And if they didn't have the financial means, we would go fundraise money for it, right? To send me to certain things to to help my career or be around the right people. And so um, thankfully, why, why I do what I do, a big reason of it is due to the mentors and people in my life, the, the physical training side of people who really taught me the right ways to take care of my body, the mental side, the, the physical game and all that stuff. So I think for parents is, is get your kids in the right environments. And that's so easy to say and hard to do sometimes because you might go into it and on the outside, the program looks legit, but on the inside, the coaches are not legit or maybe the environment's very negative or um, pressure packed or just maybe checked out people, right? Because that's just what we deal with today. And so it takes a little bit of uh, researching, maybe investigating, asking people questions that are might be on the same team and places that you're going. But if we can just surround our kids with the right influences and people who are going to speak life into them and, and keep them motivated, keep them inspired, hold them accountable too, right? It doesn't always mean we got to yell, but more of just say, I'm going to hold you accountable to what you say you're going to do. And if you're not doing it, I'm going to let you know, right? I'm here to help you, but you've got to want to help yourself too. So as a, as a parent, that's important is just surrounding your kids with the right influences and mentors, people, um, teams, programs, high schools, whatever else that might be for your club programs and, and weight training stuff. But if we get our kids in the right environments, that's going to always help. Um, and then continue to motivate and inspire them at home, right? Keep pushing them um, to your limits, right? That's always a good thing. But 
Um, the worst thing we can do is just check ourselves out and just say, hey, you get to control everything, kid. Right. And that's where we see the things in our world like we see today with kids making crazy decisions. But it's more of just like it's usually from the parent standpoint of, hey, you can do whatever you want, honey, and I'm never going to discipline or hold you accountable. We need some discipline. Kids need discipline. They need to be held accountable. They need to know the standards. They need to know the line that they can cross and can't cross. And we forgot that as a society. And so in sports, we have a great opportunity to do that in a constructive, positive way. And it doesn't mean that we're always yelling or berating you. It's more of, hey, this is what you signed up for. This is what you want to go do. What are you willing to commit to and invest in to help your career and to, and to help go get this thing? So um, I think all of those would be be helpful. And I know it's harder to do sometimes for certain areas, but the best you can do, well, we were just in Southern Colorado and this family drives seven hours almost every single week to come to Phoenix, Arizona, just to be on a certain program because there's nothing in their town for their daughter and their son, right? They both play club sports, softball and baseball. And uh, I don't know how they do it. It's impressive. I'm like, dude, you guys are incredible. But they do that for their kids because they know that they're not getting it in their area. They have to go somewhere else. Now, that's not the the case for everyone because time and all that stuff, flexibility. But for them, that works. And that's how they're getting their kids the right opportunities and resources to help pursue their dream if they really want to go to where they say they want to go. Yeah, sacrificing. Like, I know my mom sacrificed so much time. She still does, you know? Um, And... I know that this guy over here is going to be dealing with it. He's got his own kids and I'm dealing with it now. Uh, (laughs) Doing (laughs) T-ball and rock and rolling on the T-ball, man. Good old T-ball, man. It's hilarious. I love watching (laughs) T-ball. It's it's definitely fun uh, coaching the high school kids and then getting back down to the T-ball level and and just dealing with that. (laughs) So, um Austin, where can where can people find your information? Where can they where can they find you on YouTube? Where can they find your stuff, uh, courses, classes, anything? Because parents, if you're listening, you have to get your child involved in 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 this program and and the mental resilience of understanding that this game is failure, and and Austin just it te- he teaches it the right way yeah. and and how to deal with the mental struggles and. And please tell us tell us how we can get more information from you and your program. Yeah, well, I really appreciate that, guys. Um, for for us, majorleagueuniversity.com is a simple way. Uh, you can find us at Major League University uh, or Major League University anywhere on any platform or Austin Byler. Uh, the only the only place that we didn't get the Major League University is Twitter. I don't know why. We still don't know, but it's just Major University. <laughs> so that's the only difference there. I don't know. I won't even talk about it. But uh, anywhere else, Major League University, just type it in on Google. You'll be able to find most of the the spots, I'm sure. Yeah. I'll put a call into Elon. Don't yeah. worry. Elon, Elon Musk will ring him up. <laughs> hey, man, yeah. can you, like, stop we'll making us buy this We'll have him on the podcast and ask him why. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let I'm me know ask, what your deal I'll is with Twitter on. here. Like, how do you feel about youth sports, <laughs> Elon? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's the least of his concerns right now. Yeah. I think, but we'll, we'll get it on his radar. Yeah. He'll be in space. Um, it's okay. <laughs> yeah. What? Where do you see Major League University going in the next, you know, year or five years? And and what what kind of impact are you looking to make? Man, now? our goal has always been to inspire and impact millions of student athletes. I kind of changed it uh, about a year or two ago to billions because. Um, for no other reason than just to push ourselves, right? One of my goals is speaking in front of 50,000 people at once. Uh, that I think that'd be incredible. I don't know if it's student athletes, if it's human beings, if it's anybody who decides to show up, but that would be something that I'd love to do. But for us, man, we're on a mission to inspire and encourage athletes that there is a, a different way to go about things in, in a more productive way, in a way that that works if you really buy into it and, and you trust in it. And so that's, that's really key. So for us, man, inspiring millions and billions of people, 
um, ideally growing on social media and continuing to make an impact there because I think that provides an avenue to reach more more audiences and different people in different areas. Um, and then continuing to work with the programs and individuals that we get to work with and grow our team a little bit as well. So uh, we're super excited and eager to do that. Well, I, I absolutely, you know, loved having you on, love that you took the time to be on with us and, and help our audience and, and really give, you know, give the facts about what, what it takes mentally to, to play at that next level. Um, we have three questions that we ask everybody. It's called the last three outs. Nice. What is your favorite food? Oh, favorite food. If I could go ice cream, it's ice cream. <laughs> but I love <laughs> sushi. Sushi is probably my favorite food. I absolutely love sushi. Yeah. Favorite movie? Oh, uh, Anchorman is probably probably up there. That or Wedding Crashers. <laughs> I love Wedding Crashers. I love to laugh. Comedies, I'm all in for the comedies. Yeah. Those are both good. Probably Wedding Crashers. That's probably better. Um, favorite baseball player, live or dead? Oh, man. Derek Jeter, Paul Goldschmidt. Probably more Paul Goldschmidt now. The dude just handles his biz. So consistent. What an amazing dude. And uh, he rakes. So I love Paul Goldschmidt, man. He was awesome in Arizona. I'm still bitter, mad, and upset that they let him go. <laughs> I would have given you some money to, to keep the guy. It wouldn't have worked. But, uh, dude, you could have sold some tickets or something to get that guy to stay here. But I won't get on my ramble on my high horse here. <laughs> Yeah, no, it, he's, he's, a, he's a great ball yeah. player. Yeah. Um, Austin, thank you so much for being on. Again, such a big fan of you, such a big fan of what you're doing. I think it it's really going to change the game of baseball. And parents, players, please look into it because it will make you better. I promise 100%. Thank you, guys. I appreciate you guys taking the time. You do a phenomenal job. So super grateful and blessed to be here with you all. And uh, thank you guys for all you're doing for the game, too. What's up, guys? I'm Austin Byler with Major League University. Please follow the Baseball Playground on Instagram and YouTube. Let's go.